right, you guys, welcome. Welcome once again to the podcast, to the Ball Never Lie podcast. I am one half of your host. I am the coach. Luke Foe, man, we are here. I'm the other half. And we'd like to thank everybody once again to our, our rookie listeners, to our first-time listeners, and to our to our, our seasoned vets, to our pro listeners who've been with talk episode. We thank you guys. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. We continue to give you guys what you want to hear. Yeah, that's a fact, man. We we love the love, man. Much love everywhere. We appreciate it. Oh, man. So the end of the season has came. We are here. And first and foremost, hey, congratulations to all our champions, to the Wubble, to our WNBA champions and the NBA champions, of course. So before we, before we get into all of that, let's just first and foremost, I got I got something to say that's been – that's been itching. That's been grinding my gears for a little bit, Luke. Talk to me, champion. Um, to the players, you know, hey, players that play well, players that miss shot, hey, it's a miss or make league. That's going to happen. One thing we're not going to do out here, we're not going to slander people's fiancés. We're not going to go after people's kids out here. That's first and foremost. I'm going to call a timeout on that. That's a no-no. We're going to stop doing that. That is lame. That is weird, it's disgusting, and it's very dis—it's very disrespectful. But once again, their families and their kids. Like I'm not gonna go out here if LeBron have a, it plays a bad game. I'm not gonna go attack Savannah. Or I'm not gonna go after Bronny. That doesn't make sense at all. We we gonna put it into that. Yeah, it's disgusting even here. Like once that news came out that Danny was receiving death threats, it's like, come on, man. Like it's one shot. And he's not the only one that fucked up that game. It, it was a lot of mistakes that game. So to attack the fiance was wild. It was disgusting, man. It's, this is why I say sometimes I'm a lone Laker fan. Like, I'm on my own. I'm not with the rest of these guys. These guys is crazy, man. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> man. <laughs> That's wild. I, I can't believe that, man. But, hey, we're champions. So I hope they, they kept the same energy and was under her comments thanking them. For the whole year, not just one moment. I hope you was thanking the rest exactly. of the players, thanking all their family, because man, we're champions. We hear LA was wild, downtown was amazing, champagne popping. We are here, we champs, man. 2020. We waited all year. We waited 10 years for this, man. I'm excited. How you feeling? We waited 10 years for this, man. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling liberated, man. It feels so good. The the air tastes different. The water tastes different. The champagne tastes different. Oh. Food tastes different, man. Like man, I, I wake up with a smile on my face every day, man. It's it's amazing. I haven't. I'm just saying, all all those clowns to the to the Bill Simmons, to the Jackie McMullins of the world, the Nick Fredells, <laughs> the the Howard Becks, the Clippers are coming. The Lakers are frauds, and my favorite, Rob Palinka's a doofus. Man. Like the just the utter disrespect to call the man a doofus for 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 trading the kids away to get a top five talent. Just, just I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go ahead and speak on that, man, because you you you've been a, a huge catalyst of of giving Rob Palinka his flowers. Listen, man, I mean Jared just said it after they didn't vote him executive of the year, but. Rob Palenka, man, this is his year. He created a perfect roster. We already talked about it, so I'm not going to break down the roster again. He created a perfect roster. We weathered the storm. This is the toughest championship that any champion has ever gone through. 
and we did it with all vets. It's two rookies on our team, and they did not even play. The rest of the guys are older guys. Kuz is the youngest, but the rest are 30-plus. Everybody said we were too old. We needed some youth. We were too slow. Palinka, man, salute to you, man. I, I don't know what to say anymore. I've gave him all his flowers. But yeah, I let me let me just world, man. let me just stop you real quick, man. Just definitely give Palinka his flowers for it, because it, it, the whole talk the whole season is what third star we're gonna bring in, what third option we're gonna bring in. We had a roster, a, vers- a versatile roster that was able to play against any type of lineup that know their role, and that's the most important part of a championship team. KCP, KCP. KC Master P, man. Word to JaVale McGee. Cool, man. Like, I guess you could call him our third superstar now. Well, he's not even a superstar. But for the Lakers, man, he did his job. He He was the most consistent third option. I would say that because from regular season to postseason, he went from nine points to 11 points a game. And especially in that NBA Finals, you definitely seen a heighten in his game. And again, like you said before, we got a young KCP who now is a seasoned vet in the league who has grown into his own. And like I've said, KCP is here to stay. I am willing to sign him to a multi-year contract at the right price. And, yes, it is going to be teams out here in free agency that sees what the Lakers are doing and that's going to offer our veterans more than probably what they deserve just to lure them away from the Laker or. But, hey, they made enough money in their careers so that what they see is what's more important out here. Yeah, man, with you saying that, talk about some players that helped their game in the bubble. Oh, just overall, just the players that that helped their game in the bubble, especially the ones that are free agents, once again, I'm going to start with Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is Mm -hmm. a player who has opted out of his contract, who's going to get a a nice-sized bag coming from somebody. I think he is someone who has heightened his game throughout the rounds of the playoffs by – guarding the best player on the other teams a lot, taking on the Kawhi Leonard and and stopping him at times, guarding LeBron James, and then showing that he could score 20 points a game in the playoff round with their backs against the wall. That's tough. That's not easy at all. I feel he is one. And also, I like Gary Trent Jr. He showed he could shoot the lights out in the bubble. And showing he can compete on the defensive end, he he's going to show – he's going to – Show me some things next year going forward. I like what he can do also as well. Mm. So I had three names that I wrote down because they were most important. And the names you named are perfect to me because they're role players that can play that extended role, just how we've seen KCP just do it. So I love those names. But I'm going to give you three names and why. Let's talk about Jason Booker first. (laughs) As you know, as everybody knows, I was critical of his game because I felt like he was a one-trick pony. But in the bubble, he showed me that he's willing to take that next step, man. He became a great playmaker. He developed a lot in the bubble and this season alone. So I feel like, and this might be wild, but the Suns might be a prime destination in free agency if they turn over a new leaf and let go of this, you know, young ball and throw in a couple vets on that team and give Devin Booker one of them 
go now players. Like they're ready to go. I feel like they might be able to crack that top eight finally or top seven. So that's for D book. For many years now, we we've seen for many years not to cut you off. For many years now, we've seen the the Phoenix Suns front office step on their foot, shoot themselves in the foot, and get in their own way. Step away, let James Jones and Monty Williams run the show. The they are they got this thing trending in in the right direction. They're ascending, and I definitely feel that they are one and two, two pieces away from being a playoff team next year. And that's not too wild at all to say. It's not. And they, like I said, let go of the young ball. I'm tired of them drafting dudes like Josh Jackson. Time to really just put that best foot forward. James Jones has done pretty well. I feel like he still has room to grow if they allow him to. The ownership, whoever the problem is, you know, take the leash off. Let's go. So second, I got Chris Paul, another guy I was critical of. He showed me his leadership this year, and he showed me, most importantly, his will to win. He went up against the Rockets, which were heavy favorites. They they did their thing, man. And I'm really proud of him leading those young guys and building confidence within them. And I, I, I seen a quote maybe a week ago where it said, any team he's on, is a championship team. So, you know, I'm going to give him his flowers, and I'm ready to see Chris Paul on a championship team. And I really want to see him on the Bucks if Gianna stays. But if not, man, Chris Paul, Thunder need to, you know, go ahead and trade him to the Heat or release him of his contract, let them come to a mutual agreement, and let him go to that championship team, man. I'm ready for that. Yeah, I never thought it would be a day where I hear you say you give Chris Paul his damn flowers. But but yeah, you're totally yeah. right. I felt like for me, the, the the year that he was on Houston when they made the Western Conference Finals, I said, okay, that, would, that won me over with Chris Paul. It's still, for me, he wasn't the point guard only because of the, the lack of success that he had. But then again, this year, and not just – on the court that he had to carry on his plate, he's in charge of the NBA, the NBA uh, PA. He had a lot on his plate to carry as far as the Players Association, getting this bubble to work. So to be a leader on and off the court for the social injustices, for that young group of team to push them to seven games, big salute to Chris Paul, man. He showed me a lot with his leadership that I got the total command and respect from, from, for that guy. Yeah, for sure. All right, and my third player, lastly, you got to give it up to young bull Luka, man. I feel like he showed that Dallas can become another prime destination for free agents. We've seen what Tim Hardaway Jr. did over there, as in the trade with Porzingis. He came in, and he became that third star. He developed. He was able to get his baskets. Seth Curry came over there. He developed. He was able to ball out. You know, they could take Courtney Lee off the books. That's $12 million. Go release him or trade him to a, a, a bad team for maybe a second-round pick or just cast consideration. Send him to Charlotte. Yeah, do do something. You know, but Dallas, I'm, I'm kind of feeling they, they vibe. It's, it's starting to feel like the early 2000s again over there. And, man, I didn't like Mark Cuban. I did not like Mark Cuban. 
But throughout this bubble, throughout this social thing we're going through, he showed a lot. And I'm not going to lie. I used to call Mark Cuban a racist or he only liked foreign players. But, man, what he's done with Delonte West, you know, salute to him. What he's done standing firm with his players during this social injustice, we got to salute him. So, you know, I'm going to give him his credit and say that Dallas could be a prime destination for free agents. Definitely for sure, man. And again, like you said, a, a Godspeed recovery to to Delonte West. However long it takes, we wish that man the best. Yeah. You know, thank you to Mark Cuban for for giving him out that hole and supporting that man and doing everything that he can for him. And, and like you said, and off the court for the social injustices, I feel that Seth Curry was a huge piece for Dallas going forward. And like you said, Dallas is growing as a young team. They're also not a few players away from themselves for competing for a championship now also as well. As long as you got that availability from Porzingis and you keep building around Luka Dodon, hey, sky's the limit with that team for sure. Yeah. But I got some players you know, that not- hurt the bubble too, man. We got to talk about that. <sighs> who, who? Oh, we can definitely talk about the players who, who, who hurt themselves in the bubble. I can start with one. Go ahead. Zion Williamson, mm. he 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 hurt himself to me from what we've seen in that short stint of the season to the workouts and leading up to the bubble and the expectations that a lot of people have for New Orleans and that we want to see them be that eighth seed. Not dependent on Zion, and he looked like he just came out of shape. Like, he wasn't made to play. And, yes, I understand that he left the bubble, and that kind of probably hindered him as well. And we don't know what the situation going on with that was, but hopefully everything is okay. But when he came back to play basketball, he looked like he wasn't ready to play as far as a, a just as far as going out there competing in the, in the physical shape. It looked like he was just back at home eating good once again. Them shrimp pole boys, I'm sure they can get to you. I thought he hurt himself, especially on both ends, offensively, defense. Looked like he he didn't show any growth. That 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 was a, a big disappointment for me. Mm. Would you add Lonzo in there? Would you say he hurt himself too? I would say the New Orleans as a team hurt themselves just because of the expectations that they had. Lonzo, okay. I'm not going to say he didn't put his best foot forward, but it just looked like he wasn't there, especially after they lost the first few games. I thought New Orleans as a young team mentally checked out as far as a competitive standpoint. They just started getting blown out too bad. It was just like they they were one of those teams that was that was on their Cancun on three. <laughs> Man. And then let me just talk about another player that, that hurt themselves in the bubble. Giannis. Giannis hurt himself in the bubble also. I, I don't care what anybody says from he crowned himself and we saw him crown himself. Yeah. He put that crown on. And before he got – and he was one of the players also – he said this is going to be one of the toughest championships to win inside of a bubble. So for those who want to try to put an asterisk on what the Lakers did or want to even try to have that asterisk talk out of their breath, stop the shenanigans right now. We're going to kill that conversation here. Giannis went out there against Miami and under, underperformed. Rather, they win or lose just himself alone in the whole bubble – even in the first round against Orlando, 
he didn't really dominate that series to where the point you thought, oh, this is the MVP coming from people's heads. He just looked like, okay, you can tell he's the best player out there compared to the Orlando Magic. Magic fought, though. That's the crazy part. And and that's the thing. The Magic fought. And Steve Clifford teams are going to fight defensively. I always say Steve Clifford teams are just offensively challenged. But (laughs) that's another conversation we'll have going forward in the offseason. But yeah. and then when he he got to my when he got to Miami again the same things that we questioned last year came up again in the in the in the previous round. So again, he he's someone that I look in the eye. A lot of people are asking where is he going to go as far as the best player. What are the Bucks going to do for him? What is he going to do for the Bucks to make them a better team? Because we saw them win a game without him, with Chris Middleton at the helm leading the way. So. I'm starting to question Giannis as far as him being a top 10 player and as far as what can you do to make them better as far as what can the Bucks do to make you better. Yeah, man, that's that's kind of how I feel. It hurts to say, man. How I feel about Victor Oladipo. He made my list. And Ooh, he made my list. That's a good one. He made my list specifically for the hype around his free agency and his next move. Is his leg healthy? I've seen Laker fans wanting to trade a lot for him. Is he healthy? A lot of executives believe he's not. A lot of teams are scared. I am scared, man. I'm scared. I don't want to see him go to a bad situation, or not even a bad, a good situation, and he performs bad. Because, you know, Victor Victor's a likable guy, man. He plays defense. He's athletic. He, he's a joy to watch, man. But these last, you know, these last, I want to say, 40 games, even though he wasn't completely back, it's just like his stock dropped to me. And then when he came back and he wasn't really him, he dropped again. So it was like, I, I don't know what to do with Vic. I don't know if he needs to take a whole bunch of tests to show his leg is okay or his quad. But – his stock dropped, and I, I'm one of those guys that's not willing to give up a lot for him just because he's he wants out of the Pacers. Yeah, I feel the best thing for Victor to do this year, this upcoming next season, he has to just play it out. You you got this got to be a prove it year because, again, you, he was someone that was one foot in, one foot out when it came to the bubble as far as choosing to opt out for his health. Then he found out the whole you won't get your money situation, how that was going to work. So he said, okay, I will play. So, again, I think with VO, I want, we want to see him do well. I want to see him do well. We've seen the growth before the injury. I just hope he gets right on track and just the best situation works out for him. We, I don't want to see him end up somewhere like a Charlotte and then he just flames out and then that's the end of it. Yeah. That'd be disgusting. But it this one really, really hurts, man. Victor hurt, but this one really hurts. Russell Westbrook, man. Uh, I don't even want to say it. You know that's my guy. <sighs> he, hurt, he hurt himself in the bubble strictly because we don't know what the Rockets are going to do. We don't know if he's tradable again. We don't know what coach they're going to get. And we don't know if they, you know, him and James Harden could play together in the playoffs. 
Not regular season because everybody, oh, they balled out. Yeah, they did. But in the playoffs, when the game slows down, which always happens to James Harden, when a game slows down, I don't know, man. And it's, I'm not even blaming Russ for their loss because actually Russ was better than James Harden in multiple playoff games this year. But Russ is a harder fit. Like James Harden can fit in different systems just because he's a scorer and he can score from anywhere. Russ is limited to, you know, 18 feet away from the basket. I'm going to give him that. His mid-range is still okay. It used to be godly. Yeah, that was just okay. Yeah, Russ can't fit everywhere. If you really just go look down rosters and look at teams, Russ cannot fit everywhere, and that's why I feel like he hurt himself because his game didn't show that he's, you know, top tier when it comes to the playoffs. He's top tier in the regular season. He's top tier stat-wise. But in the playoffs where it all matters, just like Giannis, he did not show, all right, I'm top five, dead or alive. I don't care what nobody says. He didn't show that, and that hurt him. He didn't, man. And for someone, and I love Russ, I love the energy and the competitiveness he plays with, it it really hurt me just to see him go out like that. Just you screaming in the bubble down by 20. Come on, Russ. This, this ain't you, man. Like, this this is you, but you, you don't want to go out like that, man. Not like this. And, and I've, I understand what you're saying about James Harden. It's one of those things where when James Harden is having a bad game and you need Russ to elevate you to that win, it's not there on that night. Because a team knows what Russ is going to bring you, and they're going to force Russ to play to play a different game that he's not that he can't adjust to, and that's just knocking down a three on a consistent basis. I know they wouldn't do it, but I just thought about this because I was talking about them earlier. Could the Suns trade one of their top picks and try to go get James Harden? Could James Harden be available? Nah. I don't see nah. it. Daryl Morey loves James Harden too much. <laughs> James, James, I will say this. Daryl Morey's in a more of a win-now mode also. He's not going to kick the tires on James Harden yet. So does he kick the tires on Russ? It's just for, for, for what and for who. At that point, I feel like the only contract at this point that he can trade on wall. Oh, wow. Yeah, then uh, I don't, I don't see what Rockets could do. It's like they're be so interesting. Like you said, it's gonna be interesting to see who they're gonna bring in as a coach, because that whole roster is is just up in arms right now. It's just it's just one big puzzle with pieces that they're trying to fit. Yeah, nah, man. Ah. I, I hate to say it, but it's starting to look like the beginning and the downfall of Russell. It's possible. I, I don't want to claim it yet, but it's like you said, it's there. I'm one foot in. Yeah, they, I can't see him go out like that, man. I cannot. Not with his competitive spirit, like you said. Like He's one of the last ones that really shows like he really, really, really wants to win. And it's just not happening for him or the situation doesn't present itself. Not at all, man. And and speaking just really quick, let's go back around since we're just speaking about coaches and rosters. 
Let's just get back to this championship talk real quick. I'm not gonna let this die down for the people. Champion. Let's talk about let's talk about Frank Vogel for a second, man. Like I think people don't realize man did a job well done. And I'm not just saying that as a Laker fan, I'm saying that as a basketball person, because every year that we've seen LeBron James played, this is the first year that I can say or that we can say we never heard rumbles about Vogel being fired, Vogel being replaced for Jason Kidd or any type of rumors that Vogel is going to be out this year. Players loved playing for Vogel from AD to LeBron. From the day he stepped in, Frank Vogel showed that he is a, a player's coach. And I think that, and for him to be considered was a third option by everybody because everybody wanted Monty Williams at first, but he chose Phoenix, chose a better situation for him. Ty Lue turned us down for the contract that he thought he deserved to go play second field behind Doc Rivers. That's his choice. Hey, whatever. Frank Vogel stepped up to that void and said, hey, I'm, I'll, I'll do it. And the Lakers appointed him Jason Kidd. He didn't choose Jason Kidd as his assistant head coach. I think people forget that also as well. Then he also brings in Lionel Hollins, who wasn't able to make it to the bubble, but we still got that win for him. But also, we got Phil Handy, who I hope the Lakers, outside of AD, I feel like your number one priority is to, uh, to retain Phil Handy as an assistant coach. That's a big fact. And then also, a lot of, a lot of people don't know this name. Um, I hope I don't pronounce his um, last name wrong. Mike Pemberthy, who's a Lakers shooting coach who works a lot with Anthony Davis and just the shooting overall. Because remember, the Lakers couldn't shoot. But at the end of the finals, we have more made threes than what the Golden State Warriors had. I'm not sure which year. I want to say it was 20, um, 2017 maybe. But we ended up with more threes than what, what people thought us had. You made yeah. from 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 what they told from what they told me, we couldn't hit water standing in the ocean. And mind <laughs> you, teams are going to go through that. It's a like I said, it's a miss or make league. Dead clock is right twice a day. You're going to have shooting bad nights. You're also going to have nights where the Lakers went 11 for 17, game one in the NBA Finals. Now, I'm, I'm a realistic person to realize that's not going to happen every game. But you got to play the odds. The Lakers weren't going to shoot five for 30 every game in the three point, from the three-point line. They were going to find their average. These, these people are NBA pros. And, they're, and you got players who are known for knocking down shots. And that's what they were going to do. They're going to do their job. Yeah, we gotta again, give him his flowers for the for the for the roster that Vogel was presented, and I'm saying that because this was a team that wasn't supposed to even make the playoffs on paper to some people, which was asinine. But hey, it's okay. Shout out to Frank Vogel once again as a coach for for doing a damn thing. That's that's what coaching is about. Yes, he does have two of the top five players in the league, but you can coach them. Not everybody can't go do that job. Is what I'm saying. It's not an easy job to go do. Yeah, and while we on the champions, man, I got two hot takes that I got to get off. Talk With to this me. championship. Rondo is top ten all time point guards. I don't care what nobody says. You go look at his numbers in the playoffs. Co- even this year, Co-san. even this year, he he moved up. You know, on certain stats in the playoffs, he's been there. He's done his job. 
he hasn't been on the best teams always, but when he's on a team that's able to perform, he has showed who he is. He has two rings now. The second ring wasn't like a, I'm a vet minimum guy that's just sitting on the bench. No, he played an important role. And he has two rings. That's more than a lot of people's favorite point guards. I'm not going to mention their names. He top 10. <laughs> I don't care. We can go break down the list later. I'm going to let y'all know now. I'm not putting no Bob Cousy on the list. Respect to him. Respect to what he did. But, man, we're we not putting no – I'm not doing it. That's my first one. Right. And also, also before you get to that second one, let me just say this about this because I did make a note about Rondo. He ended this postseason with the most assists coming off the bench in the history of postseason Ever. play. Like that's that's not that's not easy to do. Over a hundred assists off the bench, people. Mind you, this man missed six months of basketball, and that's including the injury that he had that he had to come back from. That y'all shame this man for. But again, we're not gonna get into y'all, Rondo. Haters, and but then he also shot thirty-seven percent from the three. If you can tell me Rondo was going to shoot over thirty-five percent from the three-point line at any point in his career, I'll tell you it was a damn fool. Bet my house. But guess what? He this man went to go put in that work still late in this career, and and was able to do that. So once again, salute to salute to OG Doe, man. I'm gonna let you get to that second hot take. This one, I know you're not going to agree with, but Danny Green stays. And I say this only. What? I say this only because with his contract. With, I'm going to let you get this off. <laughs> with his contract and the pieces we have, I don't see him being tradable for a better player or better situation. Now, I'm saying this because, obviously, in any deal that Danny Green is in, I'm pretty sure Kuz is going to be in. I understand people don't like Kuz. I'm not talking about you, but people don't like Kuz like that, so they're willing to throw him on the wayside. But he's important, and our depth is important. I know we lost Avery Bradley. We were able to replace him with JR, who didn't do anything. So you could say we had depth. But if we get rid of Danny and Kuz, which means it's probably going to be a two-for-one plus a pick or something. It's not worth it when you really look at it because I don't think, let's say the, the hot takes that everybody says, I don't think Bradley, we get Bradley Bill for Danny Kuz in a first-round pick. I don't think that happens. Hell no. I don't think that Hell happens. Hell no. Um, I don't think we get Victor for that unless Victor's injured and the Pacers know that. So when you really look at it, the pieces for the production that we're going to get back, Ain't worth it to me. So I'd rather keep Danny. And I had all my friends scream at me right after we won the championship and they were talking about the all season. I'm like, yo, you know, Danny could stay. I know what he did. I know he hurt us. But in the end, <laughs> he didn't really hurt us. He did it because we're 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 too good. <laughs> like we didn't need <laughs> we needed his production, but that would honestly would just be overkill if we if we want to be honest. If Danny would have been, you know, the real Danny that we know of, hitting at least four threes, you know, every couple games, you go look back at those games, that would have been game six all over again, every game. So I understand that. I would love to overkill teams, but the production we're going to get back for him, man, I'm not with it. Uh, I'm here. I hear you. I understand you on that point. 
try to wave them and trade them, man. <laughs> try to, it's something, man. I'm, I'm sorry, but I would say exert all options before giving up Kuzma with a deal before you before you just trade him for cash or something. Before I'm not gonna say trade him for cash. I'm just I'm saying, but try to find some type of assets without giving up Kuz that we can trade for without us without us hindering us going forward. But you are right as far as what we can get back realistically for Danny Green without mortgaging Alex Caruso or Kyle Kuzma, because I'm not giving up Caruso and I'm not giving up Kyle Kuzma just for anything. And I'm damn sure not giving up Taylor Tucker. I can't wait for the Lakers to release, to unleash Taylor Tucker. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be a problem for everybody. We've seen what he can do in that little, in those little few minutes of important playoff games that, that, that Vogel threw him in. And once again, Vogel threw out a rookie that, that barely played in a season with us and just said, hey, man, go get a young bull. And look what he did. Made plays for himself on both ends of, of, of the floor. So the Lakers are in good shape going forward. That's a testament to Vogel, like you said. And that's why – now, this is what I would agree with when it comes to Danny Green. If we're, you know, eyeing a free agent and he's possible to come, he just needs the money, then, yeah, go trade Danny for, you know, whatever we got to trade him for. But – Dead weight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He could be the first one out. But if we're just going to get, you know, like, basically, let, let's talk about how they try to get, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Morris. If we're getting something like that and we're giving up Kuz or Caruso, like you said, or THT in a pick, I'm I'm cool. We can stay where we at. Yep. <laughs> we can stay where we at, man. And the crazy part is with Avery coming back, let's say he does, because I don't know. With Avery coming back, that puts less pressure on Danny. We could move Danny to the bench. It's, it's so many options to where it's like we could kind of hide him. I know he's making 15, so you, you, you shouldn't hide him. But he can still hide and still do his thing without being traded. And we lose out on something and we don't get the production back. We did this, and I'm this is Magic's fault, so I'm not going to blame it on Plinka. But we did this with Zubak. We we tried to trade him. We got Mike Muscala, who was garbage. He didn't have one good game with the Lakers, and we gave up Michael Beasley. So like, I'm not Man. I'm not doing it again. We just seen it happen. We did it with Lou Will. You could say Lou Will got us cools, cool. Or no, was that yeah? He he got us a pick for that. That's cool. But I, I'm just not with trading two for ones or a pick when we're not getting the real production. And Danny hurt his stock. So who's to say he will give us something good back? Just because the money adds up doesn't mean the production adds up. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of players who just hurt their stock, man, let's just go back to this bubble real quick, man. As the season ends, let's just talk about our our bubble five. As far as just our our our, our top five players at, at their positions, because we definitely saw a lot of talent out there that showed showed up and showed out. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to just we can we can start with the um the point guards, man. I mean, who who would you have as your top five of the bubble? Okay, so my top five, and I did it. Uh, I did it as a, a lineup. I didn't do it as top five point guards, but I'm gonna just tell you my lineup, and then I'm gonna tell you why I put those positions. So I had Dane, okay, D Book, Luca, LeBron, and AD. LeBron and AD, they were they're um 
self-explanatory. D book and Luca at point guard and, sh- and small forward. I know Luca's a point guard, but you know, position right. basketball. Let's talk about that. Anyways, those two guys being this young, never experiencing this type of basketball, never being in the playoffs or even playoff at- atmosphere, you could say, even though there was no fans. Those two guys alone stepped up crazy, so I had to like, I didn't, I could have put Rudy at center and dropped AD to power four, you know, but nah, I had to put both of them in there, and I could not leave out <laughs> Damian Lillard. I couldn't, bro. Dame can't leave out Dame, man. Dame was something different than we've ever seen. I've never seen other than in high school or something, but I've never seen a man get doubled at half court and still get baskets off. Like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Dame, crazy. Pulling up from the logo with two people on, you still hitting. Swish. That was was something historic to watch. It was something worth talking about in the future. So that was my top five of lineup-wise. What was your top five? Top five lineup wise, I can give you. I can give you lineup wise, and we can go positions after. For me, lineup wise, I have to go book at the two, mm-hmm. have to. Braun, Braun's in there, of course. Eighties in there, of course. Like you said, that's that's my five right there. Got to go, Dame. And then for me, man, I got to give Jimmy Butler his flowers at my three. Jimmy, Jimmy Wilt that Miami team. Yeah. And and I, I've seen it, I've seen it coming along. Like I said, for me, it was either Toronto or Miami. I thought Toronto would beat Boston, end up in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I thought it'd be one of those teams that end up in the in the finals. Jimmy, I think, put the world on notice that he's here to stay and and all the the backlash that he got from the other teams in the past, you can put all that that noise to rest. Cause he's shown when you put Players that are willing to work around him, that this is what the pro, this is what the finished product is going to be, an NBA Finals appearance. Not going to say a win or loss as far as that as a result, because he ran up against a situation where he wasn't going to win, even with the healthy going drives and a bam out of body. There was no way they was going to beat them anyway. But again, Jimmy Butler showed that his will and that him being cut from that different cloth as far as. I don't want to say old school mentality of basketball, but now what's being transitioned into the new school of basketball is of, of where he's at mentality wise as far as other players. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with that lineup. You can't go wrong with Jimmy because, like you said, he made it all the way to the finals. And there was a lot of guys that, you know, you couldn't have gone wrong with on this list. Jason Tatum. Oh, for sure. It was a crazy bubble, bro. It was it was a fun experience, especially to watch the NBA every single day having a game like salute, man. And I wanted to salute Adam Silver because you know we're watching the NFL, we're watching MLB, <laughs> the NHL, all these players, I mean all these um organizations had some type of coronavirus hit. College NBA football had zero, zero, and they've been there the longest. So you got to salute them on that standpoint. You got to salute that the bubble worked. You know, it was a great thing. At first, people did not like it. People were 
you know, mad about the fans and how the fans can change the game and stuff like that. But, man, health is most important, and he kept all these players healthy. He was ahead of the curve. He listened to, you know, medical staff, and he watched the world go crazy. So what he did alone was just amazing, especially because we're looking at the NFL change games every other day. Players are getting hit with corona every other day, and that never happened in the NBA. We never had a stoppage because of corona. We had a stoppage because of, you know, racism and social injustice. So I got to salute him for that. Yeah, that was definitely crazy and wild, man. And, again, the magic number of this podcast is zero. Zero COVID tests. We stay healthy around here. The best durability is availability. And mm-hmm. and that's that was a major key of all this happening. But, man, just to go back to this bubble five real quick, I, we can break down these just the, the top five that I got here. And, again, once again, like you said, this position is basketball nowadays out here. So, People can react to however way they want to say, I don't care. We're going by what we see out here and what we know. Because, again, that's what we're about. For the point yeah. guard position, for at five, I got Chris Paul. Chris Paul, again, showed out. only reason why he was at number five for me is just the first round exit. For number four, I got, I got Jamal Murray. Jamal showed out. He showed up and showed out by willing that team from the first 3-1 deficit. Even the second one. We're not going to really get into that second one because that other team that's down the hall, they're just bums. But, again, <laughs> salute to Jamal Murray for pulling that off. And then those 50-point games that he was he was getting off, salute. Got to acknowledge that. For me, number three, I got Luka. The only reason why I got Luka is because at three, number two, I got Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Performance in the bubble. His playoffs started when he got to the bubble, when those regular games started. So, he put on a crazy performance. And number one was just Braun. I mean, we've seen the playoff triple doubles. We've seen how he went out in a closeout game and had zero turnovers in a game six of a finals game. You don't get no better than that as a point guard. Averaging 10 assists, that's just incredible for me. So, again, I that's just the top five for my, for my guards. What you think about that for the points? I was interested to see who was at number one because Dane was two. I was like, who who are you gonna say, man? But I wanna ask <laughs> you, because I don't I don't have a top five. I wanna ask what what's your shooting guard one? Cause that, that list was I like the point guard list, so I'm I'm interested to hear the shooting guard one. Shooting guard list, uh, I I had a little fun with that one. I like the shooting guard list, and again, this was based on the performance that we saw in the bubble. The number five for me. I had to fit this name in there. Karis LeVert, man, for him being really the lone player in Brooklyn, being a combo guard, okay. he was another player that ascended to me in the bubble as far as what he can show going forward. I really hope Brooklyn uses him as a featured player with KD and Kyrie, especially putting the ball in his hands and what he can do for other players off ball. I thought that was really important because he can show against Toronto in the playoffs. He was able to keep Brooklyn in games just by with Jared Allen, Garrett Temple and those players. Imagine what he can do with a Kyrie, Katie, a healthy Joe Harris around him and surrounding him with weapons like that. Number four, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart elevated, ele- shows he can elevate his game on a big stage in the playoffs. He showed out for me on both ends, especially his three-point shooting. When you talked about someone who came in the league, is just known as a defender. Playmaker also as well, but now showing that the offense is coming along, that was special for me. 
number number three on my list, and this is just based off main performance in the playoffs, James Harden. James Harden, again, got locked up by, by Lou Dort that whole series. Yes, he made the game win to play in game seven as far as getting that game winning block. But again, when Houston needed him the most, those shoes were not filled once again. And I got a problem with that. Yeah. Number two, number two for me, I got Donovan Mitchell. Donovan put on and showed out by, by hitting those 50-point games and showing what he can do for Utah. Again, he was missing Bogdanovich as another weapon. I felt that, of course, if he was there easily, they would have advanced. And then seeing the second round, what Denver did, who would have knows who would who knows how far Utah would have got against the Clippers? All about matchups. And then number one, it just again Devin Booker. Devin Booker is clearly number one in me. Yeah, outside of Dame, he had the best playoff, the best bubble experience as far as performance for me. Yeah, I like that list, man. It it wasn't typical. Marcus Smart was in there. That's that's amazing. He gave Levert his flowers. I I like that list, and I just. I want to know, you don't even have to get into the whole five of your small forwards, but did T.J. Warren make top three? T.J. Warren did not make top three. Ooh, who's the top three? And I was – top three, Jimmy Jimmy is one. Okay. Jason Tatum was two for me. Mm-hmm. And then a surprising fit because it wasn't just small forwards, it was all forwards for me. I had to put Jalen Brown up there. I thought Jalen Brown showed up also as well. His game elevated to where we're not just looking at him as a second option. He's considered now, I think his game is now all-star level as far as what he can do is going for next year. I think he's definitely going to be an all-star as far as his offensive game continues to grow. When he scores, I, I, it was a stat out there when he scores 25-plus points a game. They were undefeated until the last game against Miami. So that definitely says something. Because, again, he was, what, the number three pick overall, and I definitely feel that he's showing, he's showing that now. For number four and five for me, and then I also have an honorable mention just because I had to put his name in there. For number four, it was T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren only is why because the, the playoffs didn't match the bubble. It didn't match the regular season bubble for me. Yeah. I thought he was going to bring a little bit more in the playoffs, but again, Jimmy just Jimmy just shut that down, and we saw he was a man on a mission against Indiana. And then for number five, I threw in Kawhi Leonard, and I threw Kawhi Leonard in because he was asked to do more than what was expected, and a lot of people are probably saying, "What do you mean by that?" We've never seen Kawhi be put in so many pick and roll situations and become a playmaker. As far as he has to get Paul George's buckets, which didn't show up, he had to get Lou Williams' basket. If Visa Zubas, a lot of his baskets, if you if people are watching these games, are coming from Kawhi Leonard's assists. So, again, I give Kawhi Leonard his kudos for that. Yes, he didn't show up in the last game for me. But overall, Kawhi's performance was a Kawhi performance for me in the bubble. It was just that second round and, and all the talk that came with it. It it didn't match in that situation. And then an honorable mention for me as far as forwards again, Giannis. And only is why I'm saying that as far as my my hot take, Giannis is not a top 10 basketball player to me. Whoa. He might, Whoa. When, you, when we consider everybody healthy uh-huh. going forward, 
he is not top 10 for me. I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just based off what we've seen, and what we still got to mention, KD's coming back. Steph is coming back. Clay is coming back. And Clay don't get enough flowers from me. To me, mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't get the respect that he deserves as far as being a top shooting guard offensively and defensively. That that's top ten worthy and what he's done because the Warriors aren't the Warriors without Clay Thompson. It's the reason why Jerry West didn't pull that Kevin Love trade off. That man's seen a vision. So we'll get into the top ten conversation a little bit more going forward, but no, that man is not top ten to me. And I and I stand by that right now until he proves to me otherwise. Like I said. What can he do to Bucks better as far as what the Bucks can do for him? Mm, and then uh, that's uh, that's crazy. I love it. I love it because it's crazy. But man, I gotta I gotta do one thing since we're on this top ten topic real quick and we can get off of it. So you got my it. guy CJ. He had a question for us, man. And I wanna I wanna hear your take since you don't have Giannis there. Is Jimmy Butler top ten when everyone's healthy? Yes. Ooh, I so I am I'm I'm on the I've been driving the Jimmy Butler bandwagon and and I love it. It was funny. It all started for me when it was an episode of the Game of Zones on YouTube I was watching and they saw how nobody wanted to play with Jimmy. And when he got to Philly, everybody was scared to play with Jimmy. And except Jimmy came with this big ass grin on his face. But you've seen the stories of him coming out of Philly. J.J. Reddick was in love with him. Why didn't they sign him? Philly is dumb for that. We've seen Joel still this day is Jimmy Butler's number one fan. I'm sure he wants to get traded to Miami at this point. So, and, and, and again, just always, always watch Jimmy Butler's interviews of how, of who he was raised by as far as in the NBA, as far as who's his, his big brothers, the Rip Hamiltons, the Carlos Boozers, Joe Kim Noah's the world dangs. Those are real NBA vets that you don't see in the locker rooms nowadays because we have so many younger players and you miss that. And you see that now with the Miami Heat, they got Udonis Haslam. And I joke around, I always say, Udonis Haslam is the Miami Heat's franchise player. He leaves when he wants to leave. He runs that franchise. <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy's going to be, Jimmy's going to be one of those players going for it. So I definitely, and it's, and again, it's not all about skill for me because Jimmy is not the most athletic player. He's not the best shooter. It's about will also. And to me, I always factor in how much do you hate to lose more than you like to win? I always go back to that as far as how far, how, how willing are, how far are you willing to go to get that W? I hear that. I hear it. I wasn't able to answer that question because I really want to sit down and think about everyone healthy and who's top 10 because, you know, at this time, you can really just live in the moment and forget about a lot of plays. Like you said, people don't give Clay his credit, and you can really forget about him easily with everything going on and everybody stepping up. But, man, the Warriors, the Warriors are going to be crazy next year. A the lot Warriors. of teams are going to be different. Let me say something, man. If, Le- if the Warriors go get LaMelo Ball, <laughs> yo. Oh, yeah. That's that's a team to be reckoned with. Again, not even without LaMelo, they still are, but they might be competing right there with the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals next year, depending on what they want to do with their NBA draft and free agency going forward. Uh, I want to see LaMelo on the Suns or the Knicks. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I need to. See I need to. 
LaMelo and D-Book, that's straight buckets. Oh, my God. Buckets. You talking about a point guard for, for, for Book? That's stress-free for that man. Yeah. They they both can play point guard. Switch off. Man, man that's... You know why I want him to go to New York, man. <laughs> yeah. I just want him to be that star. They need that love back, man. Basketball is great when the top franchises are, you know, in the limelight, man. So, get New York some some pieces, man. Does I don't James, like James Dolan. Get I was about here, to bro. say, does James Dolan deserve a talent like LaMelo? Hey, I don't understand how he ain't voted out yet. Donald Sterling got voted out. Get him out of here. Hey, and then let's man. get back to let's get back to New York, New York Bockers, New York basketball. <laughs> man, ho- hopefully in, in due time, man, basketball would definitely be will be at its rightful place in New York. Yeah, and, and then taking over, man. And just to round out this top five of the bigs, man, I will I would say for my top five of the bigs and fours and fives again, positionless basketball, they they all intertwine with each other. Number five, man, let's let's give Yusuf Nurkic some credit, man. I, w- I want to talk about Yusuf Nurkic for a second. He Coming off that gruesome injury a year later, coming into a bubble really no with no type of basketball shape, he played well, man. I like I like what Yusuf Nurkic did. I didn't like when he did the little, little shimmy in game one of my Lakers, but he got what he deserved. But, hey, it was good to see him out there playing his game, man. Just I'm just glad to see him out there playing once again. Yeah. Good for him. At number four, I got I got Rudy Gobert. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy did his thing in the first round. I guess you can say I'm not the biggest fan of Rudy because of the whole crying of him not making an All Star. Hey, you just got to show it. I mean, there's a lot of players who get snubbed every year. They're not gonna go and cry about it. And again, I didn't think he was a defensive player of the year. Also, as well, I'm I'm that's just me. I see a lot more better defensive players out there, especially this next player for me, number three. Bam. Bam was a top three big for me. He's not number two. I know we live in the moment. A lot of a lot of people might think he was number two, but no. He's not, he's right where he is at number three. And we're, again, we're just going off what he did in this bubble and this performance. That he he was probably the most important player for the Heat. Not the best player, the most important player for the Heat. They don't get to the finals without his play on both ends of the floor. Number two, got the Joker. And again, Joker is somebody who, for me, enters that top 10 conversation. We'll talk about that another day, whose name should be in there a little bit more because he does it on both ends of the floor. Definitely a great passer of the basketball. And, and when I say does it on both ends of the floor, he, he stepped up on this side. A lot of times we've seen him get punked or bullied. He he showed he showed he can bang with with, with the eighties for a little bit on on the defensive end. He probably can't take it on the offensive end as much, but he's willing to sacrifice his body on the defensive end, even if it is some stupid fouls here and there. <laughs> and then number <laughs> one, number one again, AD on the way. Number seventeen, AD on the way. He's here to stay, man. Like I don't, I don't want. I'm not going to even entertain the the foolishness of the what ifs. That man is here to stay. The question is, does he want to sign a, a two plus one, three plus one? But hey, I let we'll let Rich Paul take care of that. And like I tell everybody, if you want championship rings, you come to Clutch, clutch Sports. They're gonna take care of you. Wow, no PJ Tucker. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's I, I I would say that's an honorable mention. And that's my slip up. Again, because I love P.J. Tucker, but 
again, just he he's more of just not a he's not a big to me. Again, that's just uh, again, I get the whole position of basketball. He was thrust in that position. And again, salute to him because again, he does deserve his flowers at that. But that's just Dan Tony just wearing tearing and beating his players up, man. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the, I'll say this really quick: the top two coaches that will beat you up and 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 don't care about your 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 physical well being at the end of your your uh, day or your career, Tom Thibodeau and Mike Dan Tony. All right, those are two coaches I just would not want to play for as far as a physical standpoint. <laughs> He broke Steve Nash's back, man. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, man. What? Like, man, he told PJ Tucker, hey, you're six, 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 seven. I understand. Go guard AD. Go stop Steven Adams. Man, it's <laughs> I I'm interested to see is is he gonna get another opportunity? Dan Tony keeps a job, man. I feel that with his offensive genius, he, he'll be on the offensive staff. Rather, if he'll be a head coach somewhere or not, that's up in the air. But I definitely feel that with, with the way that he has formed basketball now, he's going to be on somebody's bench. Yeah, man. You could say he changed the game, and I, I don't care what nobody says. You could say that. Facts. I definitely give Dan Tony a lot of credit for, for what he did with the small ball in, in Phoenix to where now we have the pace and space game where your bigs now have to shoot or be able to stretch a defense out a little bit more from a free throw line extended. So definitely did give D'Antoni his credit about, about that. Definitely made the game of basketball more exciting. Yeah. And, you know, since we're on the bubble and since we've got through everything in the bubble, I'm going to come out and say this now. There will be some type of bubble next season. And I say that strictly because of what we're witnessing right now with the NFL and how they brought back fans. And it's just not working like they thought it would. So I think there will be some type of bubble. I think there will be tweaks. Of course, they're going to probably allow their family in or something. But unless there's a vaccine about time December, January hits, which I don't even think people are going to take that vaccine, but that's another topic. By the time that hits... It's going to be a bubble or it's going to be the season's going to be pushed back a little bit so they can work out the kinks. But they, they're not allowing fans, man. It's not happening. I don't see it. Me and you are on the same page. We are on page one of next season about this. I definitely agree it will be a bubble next year. The way I feel it will probably be multiple bubbles as far as the East Coast, West Coast, um, intermix, maybe one in the middle. But definitely feel it will be a bubble next year, man. Again, because what you said – there is not going to be a vaccine that I imagine that's going to be ready in in less than six months. So there's definitely going to be tweaks to things as far as who can come in the bubble, who can as far as player uh, families. But I definitely agree it's going to be a bubble next year. And I don't mind the bubble at all. I felt that the bubble was a cool experience. Definitely a, it, it allowed players to lock in. It showed you who was really there to hoop. And and whose game look a little funny in the light once again? Man, them little RG flip players. That's that's what we seen. We seen all them little <laughs> RG dudes that ain't really there to hoop, man. People had to lock in for real, for real. And we, like you said, we seen who the big dogs is, man. And it's gonna be interesting to see next year how this happens, especially because I was thinking about this. We didn't really have it because we had all those great teams, but 
the rookies next year, you know how like different their life is gonna be if it's a bubble. Rookies? That's gonna be crazy to me. Man, let's let's not let's not give them too much for the next episode, man. I definitely feel that <laughs> we could definitely get into that, man. But on that note, I'd definitely like to thank everybody. Appreciate everybody who's tuning into this podcast, who's been supporting. Uh, once again, you know, we protect black women, support black women on this show, man. Lead and teach the youth the right yeah. direction, man. Always positive. Never rain on nobody's parade, man. Luke, Luke Fo, you got anything you want to say to the people out there? Hey, man, love is love. I appreciate y'all. This is dope, man. We we have fun doing this, so I appreciate everybody that tunes in that, you know, hits me up or repost or whatever y'all do, clicks it, plays it, whatever, man. It's love. I appreciate y'all, man. If y'all ever want us to, you know, shout y'all out or sponsor y'all or whatever y'all want to do, man, holler at us, man. We here. We we shout out everybody. We got love, man. Love is love. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. All right. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.